Welcome to this bonus episode of the Food Fight Podcast on EIT Food. In these episodes, we break down the food system for you, unpacking the ideas that create positive change. We'll be hearing from industry experts as they share new concepts and innovations, teaching you everything you need to know about a topic. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, my name is uh, Jens Jukrosel, and I am the co-founder and CEO at Neighbor Farm, based in Copenhagen. In this episode, I'm going to be teaching you all about urban farming. Urban farming is basically using the city environment to produce whatever you can do in uh, in our case, we grow um, fresh leafy greens in a basement underneath an apartment building. And we uh, use artificial lights and we use the technique called hydroponics, where we can grow these greens uh, in a controlled environment where we are able to skip the soil and add nutrients directly to the roots. And yeah, the plants will be able to thrive by adding the water instead of having um, soil. One of the big benefits and the drivers for us in, in urban farming and urban food producing in general is not necessarily just producing greens. This is also the whole mushroom movement, insects, other kinds of produce that you can kind of do in a controlled environment and do in small locations or odd-sized fit locations in cities. And then go out and like right around the corner, try and sell it to like kind of see like what is the market for this? What the main idea and the, what we really need to do here is we're not competing with traditional agriculture. We are not, you know, it's not an alternative. It's like an addition. We need more food to go into the food supply chain. And we also need more sustainable and green and healthy food, you know, alternative proteins and, and nutrients to our diets. And so as cities, more and more people move to the cities and cities become more and more like this huge organism, almost like, you know, a country by itself. All around the world, people and architects and city planners are looking at, you know, what kind of waste do these cities have? You know, we have heat waste, we have gray water, we have all kinds of things that we're kind of like throwing it out. And how can we reuse some of these things, just wasting energy? And that's where, urban farming and urban food producing comes in and can be like this food machine uh, within the city. So cities can become more self-sufficient in the future. When you grow it locally, you skip all of the long supply chains, you will have more fresh food available for you. Meaning if you buy something from a local farm, you know, it's been harvested or it's, you know, just ready. So keep for longer in your fridge or on your shelf. It will taste better. It will be more full of nutrients. It will be whatever you imagine that it should be when you buy something fresh in the supermarket. You have this idea that, oh, it's a picture of a, of a farm on this product. It must be fresh. But, you know, it took three, four, five days for somebody to put that label there, you know. So mm, the benefits here are huge. And you're also, if you look at the social aspect, you're moving unskilled labor force into the city, like you have these, you know, manual work tasks that needs to be done, like all of the values from traditional farming, you you bring that into the city and, and, and you have something that you're working with something meaningful, even though you're in this big bustling uh, computer uh, future city world, 
you really bring, you know, a social aspect, aesthetics, and healthy food into the city and avoid a lot of the negative consequences of the, you know, traditional old school way of doing the food supply chain. When we talk about specifically vertical farming, where we uh, use hydroponics, we're able to recycle almost all of the water. So the systems are, if you imagine these beds of water, the greens are kind of standing in this um, inert material, which would be kind of like a wool or um, a mesh of wood. So the roots are like in a very thin material that's really good at soaking up the water and, and holding the air or the oxygen that it needs. And we just have to kind of find the right tempo for each plant, like how much water does it exactly need and when. Basically, we can just like time the watering, let them soak, let them drink, and then take back the water from where it came. So we have a, a big reservoir, pump out the water and take it back again in like this rhythm of constant like pleasing the plant. And then with the um, simulation, as we're in a basement in our case here, um, simulation of night and day through the LED lights, you kind of create the perfect summer day for these plants. So the resources in terms of water is really, really low. And the efficiency per square meter is really, really high because we can stack things really high because it doesn't weigh anything when you have the soil. It's very lightweight, everything. Ultimately, I can stack it to the moon uh, as long as you can pump water up there. And this really allows for efficient water use and in an efficient space. I think like the main challenge that the whole industry has and, and a lot are still questioning, like, is this really profitable and sustainable? The main factor is that we have to use a lot of electricity on the LED light. The artificial lights are still, they're getting more and more inefficient, which is the why we are investing in this. So we will see more efficiency still going on in terms of the technology. But also, we are only dependent on electricity. And this is a whole industry working on green innovations in terms of sun, wind, water, energy, which is sustainable factors for getting this um, power to us. Where traditional farmers still need machines, tractors, oil, they have these huge machines, which are still bound to use um, fossil fuels. So in that sense, like, yes, we're still using a lot of power, but it's a sustainable, or in the future, hopefully a sustainable way of powering these um, plants or food factories. The future, I hope, and, and the way that uh, I imagine it is definitely uh, more and more local production of food. Like, really looking at cities in the future as more like a self-sufficient and sustainable way of having so many people packed into to very little space, using as much as the city waste as we can. But yeah, basically, hopefully we're gonna get a new generation here that really got hit in the head with all of these things and are motivated to you know, grab some of these innovations that has come up and keep innovating on them so we can have cities where you know, people bike and we have micro, uh, you know, transportations and we can do much more independently in the cities 
from our case, like we're interested in the food aspect. There's so many things to optimize with the cities and, and the sustainability in them. But, you know, I really think we are looking into a future where there's big investments from governments and from, in general, from the whole world to change behaviors. Like what you eat is a culture thing and it's like a tradition thing. It's something you learn from your parents. I really think like the future is very much based on also teaching and investing and putting forward, even though they might not be super profitable yet to do all of these things, we really need to invest in them for people to interact with them and then, you know, learn about them. And then it becomes a normal thing. And then enough people will do it and change their behavior for it there to be also both sustainable and profitable business in it. Thank you all for listening in to this bonus episode. And we really hope you learned something new. If you'd like to find out more, head over to the EIT Food website at eitfood.eu and please also join the conversation via the hashtag EITFoodFight on our Twitter channel at EITFood. Thank you all and until next time.